Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to another fabulous episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Fowler Consulting. And in today's fabulous episode, Sam and I are going to discuss killing sacred cows. And being as though we are in Dexter, Michigan, where there used to be, before you got here, a bunch of cows kill away. This episode's dark already. Do we have a sound drop? Um... Uh, right like i was totally thinking like um the the whole eat more chicken bit yeah um <laughs> let's do this let's leave it up to our uh editor-in-chief and see what he comes up with because he's uh he's had some good ones so um lucas uh this is on you brother we need uh we need a good sound drop going in here for uh killing sacred cows In a world that keeps on pushing me around, but I'll stand by ground. All right, so let me explain real quick for those that don't understand the metaphor. Uh, a sacred cow is something uh, from a, um, a metaphor standpoint where you're going to eliminate something that people, mm, people understand, people know, people love, but maybe it doesn't deliver on what it should. I've got an example. Are you ready? It may be too old for most people, but when Coca-Cola went to New Coke, they killed a sacred cow of original Coke trying to uh, gather more Pepsi people and their Coke people were not happy. To take it a little more modern, just this week, not to get political, but the president said by 2030, two thirds of all cars will be electric. Your gas car won't be available for purchase anymore. And for some of you, that might make you twitch and might make you angry. And I'm going to shake my fist at the sky. Welcome. You found your sacred cow. (laughs) And in this week's (laughs) sacred cow, we're building off of uh, the book we just talked about. Be the best at what matters most, because there is one chapter we talked about quality control and quality audits. This one we didn't talk about during the review because, well, our extensive show prep, we knew we could fill an entire episode just around quality audits. Sam, do our listeners have a quality audit they may know of? Um, and they do. It's, uh, it's the quality audit formerly known as the OER. Currently known as the OA? Yeah, there you go. Or oh, um, in case you don't like TLAs or TLAs, that's three-letter acronyms or two-letter acronyms. Uh, the OA is the Ops Operations Assessment, and the OER was... You even tried to shorten Ops there. Like, yeah. I know, I did. I mean, it's just 40 years of Domino's Pizza, we shorten everything. Give me a pizza with PMG on it. So, you know, who, who knows? Ooh, PMG? Mm-hmm. No, I would never do G. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an OG. Actually, I'm good with OG. OGK, little Y. Yeah. Oh, no. Take him to the police. The guys are weird. 
that's so wrong. That this is a sacred cow as well, folks. For those of you that say we need the um, alphabet on the screen, this is a sacred cow as well. Yeah, there you go. I'm more of a um, I'm more of a MK guy. That's what I'm talking about. So, and I like chicken too, but I don't know what the code is for that. So, oh, I think it might be DU. And the way people tried to get me to remember it was duck, duck. Like, how does that make me remember chicken? This is another discussion for another day. Um, I know you've got the book near you because you said in our last episode it was it was on there. So see if you can pull that page up. Um, and I think if memory serves me, and I did it on audio and I was driving, so I didn't take any notes. But he's talking about automobile companies. Instead of doing quality control, why don't we just build the quality into the car? And if you have had the experience of being in a room with me during a workshop, as soon as somebody asks a question that goes something like this, or if you see it on a general manager's best practice, the question goes something like this. Hey, would OA mark down for this? That triggers me immediately to get up on my soapbox and say, why do you care? Why don't we just do what the customer would want? Because your operations assessment is supposed to be a snapshot of the customer experience. And if we just built into our daily operating procedures, what's the very best for the customer, that silly little test known as the operations assessment would simply take care of itself. And I think that's where we need to get to. And I think that's what the author was getting towards when he was talking about remove quality control check and just build quality into your system. Think of all of the time and effort people spend to play the audit game. The text messages, the screen scrolls, the running around to bring in clean hot bags that are in the supervisor's car just for when the coach shows up. Yeah, (laughs) way back in the day, I mean, 2000 to 2006, when I was an OER coach, OER evaluator, OER coach, whatever the heck we called them back then. I had a one particular group of stores had what they called the OER crash kit. I've seen those as well much later, 2012 and 13. I saw those. Yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, seriously, you've got a box of 10 brand new bags that are only in use when the OER guy is there. You've got clean screens, clean pans, brand new baking mats. And I'm just thinking to myself, how much money did you put into that kit? First of all, $1 million. And second of all, how much effort and time are you putting, making sure the kit is where you think the evaluator is going to be next? Not a day goes by that I don't think of you. And what, and a monstrumental waste of time, effort, and resources when what we could do, I mean, just for kicks, what we could do is just make sure that we're operating at a high level on a daily basis for our important visitors, which are, of course, our customers. So in the book, Sam, he, I, I can't find the page. I have marked so many, I have dog-eared so many pages, I can't find it. Terrible. In in the book, though, he talks, as you mentioned, about removing the audit and just building in the process. And we've talked on here how there was an 18 month window where I ran the OER team 
and I actually pitched to end the OER team. Have I told you that story? No, I, uh, uh, but you know what? I'm interested in hearing it because I'm, I, I'm probably on the same side you were during the pitch if everything was rainbows and unicorns. Unfortunately, and I think I said this in a workshop this week, when you're a global brand approaching 20,000 units, you've got to create systems and rules that cater to the lowest common denominator of your operators. I looked at it this way. At the time, and for more years than we can count, everything was hinged on this 90-minute audit. The amount of pressure on the team, the way folks found to cheat the system, because cheating was deemed in their mind easier than doing what the what the audit asked. I had a, uh, a manager when I was on the team that said, "If they're not cheating, they're not trying." And and that was more true than than folks would want to admit. For me, I'm sitting here looking at these literally tens of thousands of audits and the scores aren't moving. And so I put a proposal together that basically said that what the current team does and what the current audit does is irrelevant and that what the, what it should be and follow this logic for a minute, because I was still in the lowest common denominator. I wanted uh, sometime in the first quarter of every year, I wanted every store visited and whatever you missed on that visit, you clearly didn't know because these were announced visits. So I've, I've introduced from a training standpoint, I've introduced the gap. You know what the expectation is. You cannot hit it. Therefore, this is a gap. And so what I wanted then was the only thing you were measured on for the rest of the year was A, do you have a training process in place to improve that gap? B, did the gap improve? I didn't want any more audits. I didn't want any more OERs. I didn't want any more visits other than the focus on what you missed. Can you make improvement on what was missed? As we see, that didn't happen because I was told, to your point, Sam, that they'll just game the system. And I was like, so what if they game the system? If they all get hundreds on their announced visit, okay. If they don't get hundreds on the announced visit, we now have something to do to get them better. Oh, and by the way, the second part of the plan was in year two. If you missed, I don't know, still management in year one. In year two, it was triple the points. Wow. You're mean. No, fix it. Fix it. How do we go about fixing it specifically? Take it one step at a time. Identify the problem. Fix it. <laughs> Identify another problem. Fix it. <laughs> Repeat as necessary until it's all fixed. During the OER team, it was my first round of corporate training, 8, 08, 09. And then when I ran the OER team, there was a corporate store in New York City that had the lowest point total on the OER in the entire nation over like an eight year span. And the average was like a 22. That's impressive. And Ackenborough was the EVP and I pulled the report and I'm like, dude, here are pictures over four years of the exact same issues. Can we just fix one? Like, can we clean the vents? Like the coach isn't even trying. I was fairly certain at one point the coach was just using the same pictures and not actually visiting the store. That's how little changed every time. So how does this apply to the book? Because we're chasing the wrong thing. We're chasing the audit score. And oh my God, it's the hospital book. It's the hospital chapter where he talks about a hospital that had 
um, a 90, uh, 90%. Yeah. They were in the mid nineties, top 10% and they wanted to be the best. They changed their vision statement from deliver great customer service to be the number one in customer service. And they went to focusing on the negative and their service scores dropped. Yeah. They dropped horribly. Yeah. He, yeah. It was awful. He said in like six or eight months, they were down in the seventies after years of being in the mid nineties. And then didn't he go on later to say that they changed their statement to um, when people are sick, we make them better yep. or something like that. Yep. That's I mean, what, what if our what, statement was something that simple when people are hungry, we feed them. Yep. Quickly. Always add the little, you know, nice. That was good. Add. I like that. That's yeah. that nicely played young man. Yeah. And yeah. add the service part in because I see where you're going yeah. instantly just to profit. Well, I, you know what? I mean, it's okay. I understand that you still need validation from that ass kicking you took in the, uh, in the debate. Um, and, and the reason that I say that you, you took the loss was not because I felt like I, I won, even though I did. It's that all of our listeners and all of our guests have said that I won. And you know what the amazing thing about that is? We're talking about what matters to the customer. And there are, I don't have access to the numbers now, but I guarantee you there are so many more customer complaints on bad service than there are on bad pizzas wow really guaranteed 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 uh if you're listening right now and you're a franchisee and you've got access to data that we don't because you could simply send an email to customer care and say you were going to deliver a class or something i would love to see that data because um i i'm not sure that I agree with that. If I see the data, I will change my claim. I, I've got no problem with data changing my mind. And I will even give, so I will take rude and bad cold and, and bad or cold product. And I will even give you missing items to your side of, okay. of agree. And, okay. and I will still win by miles. So rude is definitely in the service piece though, right? Correct. As we talk this through and we throw rude in, and so we're clear listeners. And when I say one is more important than the other, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. They're both mightily important. You've got to do both of these things. Yeah. One is 99.99 important. The other is 99.999 important. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here and really we're just trying to jab each other in the side is what's really going on. Correct. This is more sarcasm than truth here. If you're going to throw rude into service, you, you could be right because I think our debate was more around speed of service. But if we're talking about service, you have to include if you're being nice to folks. So, I, you know, I think, I think you're probably right on this if we throw in rude because um, there's a chance sometimes we're not uh, as polite as we should be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give you that one. Um, but I'd still like yeah. to see the data. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the win. Isn't that what great leaders do, though? They're willing to talk things through and change and, their opinion and change yep. their opinion based yeah. on. Yeah. 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 It, it might be something. Uh, you usually I just know I'm man. right. <laughs> oh, welcome to the episode of Drew and Sam jab each other. All right. So, so back to the core of this, right? For those of you listening that that you're a GM and you're like, I'm one of those people that once posted on the Facebook groups. How does this matter to the OA? If you're a franchisee and you're like, I really need those OA scores. 
The question I have for you is, what are you doing today to help the customer that orders in a minute get the best possible product as quickly as possible from a smiling, happy team member? And and if you're doing those three things, it really doesn't matter what's on the OA you win. You're going to win at the OA. I mean, yes, you can say, oh, but my product's not, my product's expired. Okay, then it's not a great product. If you're delivering a great product quickly by a smiling, happy team member, what steps and processes do you have in place to do that every order, every day, and your OA is going to be amazing? And you're not even going to have to know what's on it. To that point of you're not even going to have to know what's on it. I'm sure I've shared this story on the pod before, but it's worth sharing again. When I was an evaluator, I walked into a store and Drew, you know, as well as anybody, you can walk into a store and with five minutes, within five minutes, you know, approximately what the score is going to be just by the vibe of the team and the, and the initial, initial look that you get. And so I walked into to a store and uh, I knew that, that this was going to be a good visit. And for those of you out there that think the evaluators come into your store and they're looking to write tickets. That's, that's a bad day for the evaluator. The evaluation is longer when the scores are poor and then you have to deliver bad news. And the other thing is we're all on the same team. The evaluators want your store to be doing well because that's, that's a reflection on the brand and they work for the same brand. And the majority of coaches are that high eye cheerleader person and killing you with tickets is not who they want to be. Yes. And, and there have been evaluators in the, fa- in the past that were those Correct. people. Uh, let's not... Let's not pretend that that hasn't happened. Yeah, but when you're running a team of 23 or 24 and you have one of them, you're still significantly in the minority. You're doing, you're doing pretty well. So I walk into this particular store and I got a smile on my face immediately because I knew it was going to be a great evaluation. And this was back in the days when we were using Palm Pilots and you would click yes or no and then you had some drop down menus And as I got to the end of the evaluation and I was pulling out my portable printer to print on our fancy five-star paper, their evaluation. Pulse wasn't mandated yet. Yeah. As I, oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. know, So old. So old. (laughs) Oh, I've got PTSD (laughs) now. As I'm connecting my Palm Pilot to the printer, I'm thinking to myself, I don't remember ever clicking no. And at this point in my career, I'd never given out a hundred. And when I say given out, I'd never seen a hundred that somebody had earned. I didn't ever give out anything. I just reported the score that they had. So as it prints out, the first thing you see is the score. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, they got a hundred. And just about as the last page was printing out, the franchisee walked in, and which was very non-typical. If franchisees knew you were there, typically they were there within the first two or three minutes of the visit, following you around, asking you everything, um, lobbying you, uh, for lack of a better term. But this particular franchisee waited until the evaluation was over, or maybe he didn't wait. Maybe he just happened to come in as the evaluation was over. Because I looked at him, had a big smile on my face, and he said, and we had met before, and he's like, hey, Sam, how's it going? I said, oh, man, it's a great day says, really? How come? I said, um, because I just got done evaluating your store. And he says, oh, okay. And that's all he said. And, and that's not typical for a franchisee. Typically, they're like, well, what's the score? What'd we miss? What'd you mark off? And he's like, oh, okay. And I looked at him and I, you know, I'm giddy. This, this is the first hundred that I've seen in person. I'd heard about them. There was a myth that they existed. 
but I had never been a party to one and they earned it. Uh, there were no gimmies on this particular evaluation. And I said, aren't you interested in your score? And he looks at me and he says, you know, Sam, we don't really care about your silly little test. And then I was offended. I mean, I'm on the OER team. I'm part of corporate. Do you not know who I am and how important this is? So instead of spouting off like I was known to do in those days, he just looked at me and he said, isn't, isn't your silly little test supposed to be a snapshot of the customer experience? And then I got happy because he was using our buzz phrase, snapshot of the customer experience. And I said, well, yes, Mr. Franchisee, it is supposed to be a snapshot of the customer experience. I said, and so to get ready for this silly little test that you call it, how do you prepare your team and let them know what's on this? He says, we don't even talk about your silly little test. They probably don't even know what questions are on it. And I said to him, why? This is, this is the most important thing Domino's has ever done. And he, again, he says, isn't it supposed to be a snapshot of the customer experience? And I said, well, yes, it is. He said, so if every decision we make, we simply do what we think is best for the customer, shouldn't we do okay on your silly little test? And then I got a big smile on my face because it hit me like a ton of bricks. Why, yes. Yes, it is. If you simply make every decision with what's best for my customer, the silly little test that you get two times a year will take care of itself because it is indeed supposed to be a snapshot of the customer experience and it should be only evaluating things that impact the customer experience. So if every time you're walking through your store, if every time you're standing at your make line, if every time you're making a product and delivering world-class service, you're doing what's absolutely best for the customer, you will never have to send another text in your life that says, OA is in town, what should we do? Get the crash kit, send to the team, alert, alert, we are at DEFCON 1. You won't have to do that. You'll simply do what's best for the customer. And when the evaluator comes in, you'll have a smile on your face. You'll shake their hands and say, I'm about to make your day better, fella. And, and Sam, it's why, it's why every time on the corporate side, when folks are like, we need an OER class. No, I'm not making an OER class. You can, you can, read, you can read the form. You can read the background for the form. I'm not giving you a class. Make better product and hire people to deliver faster. Like you don't need a class, just do what's right for the customer. No, no, no. Our scores suck. We need a class. No, no, you don't need a class. Not in that. You need a class on how to make a better pizza. Oh, you don't want to do that. You want an OA class or an OA. Oh my God. It would drive me nuts. I, and it's probably something that's on a PA somewhere for me in some file of, of obstinance about creating an OER class. Cause I just refused. And when my team would go rogue and be like, Oh yeah, this, this director asked for one. So I did an OA class. I would write that coach up. You're not doing a class based on the test. I understand where you're going with that. And I agree with you completely that a class on the OA in and of itself is not the route you should go. With that said, I just did an OA class three weeks ago for a client that asked for it because under the guise of an OA class, 
we can teach all of the things that are important. So for me, if the client wants an OA class, I'll give them an OA class. At least that's what it's going to be called. Once you get into it, what we're really talking about is rim size, portion, placement, bake. You know, give them what they want, give them something extra, make sure you apologize first. We're just talking about those things that are going to help them score better on the OA. We're not going to go through and look at each individual question and how did you score and why didn't you score well. We're just going to teach you how to take great care of the customers and we'll call it an OA class. I did not have the opportunity to do that in my role at corporate. When they wanted an OA class, they wanted line by line. Yeah, sometimes, um, you know, the folks that we have to, to work for uh, have different ideas than we have. And um, for guys like you and me, well, it's mostly for guys like me. Remember the whole part, I have to be right. So, you know, <laughs> well, occasionally that works against you me. You know, I, I think that that I was a guy like that too. I mean, it, it could have something to do with the invitation I got in 2012. So you, you do what you do. So yeah, so back to the whole point of we should be spending less time on checking our quality and more time on building quality right in. You know, that's not to say that you shouldn't be doing a self-OA every now and again to see where you're at. But doing a self-OA on its own is not going to get you to where you want to be. It's, it's you do a self-OA to see where you're at, and then you take the next more important step, which is filling in the gaps in your performance through training, through execution, through more reps, through role plays. And you've got to do the things that come after the self a oa if you simply set a goal that we've got to do one oa each and every week or each and every shift or once a month and you haven't put something behind it with what are you going to do with that information after you've acquired it i think you're missing the most important part have we talked about my first solo calibration leading the oer team <laughs> no but when you say calibration <laughs> that gives me ptsd and probably every store we were ever in so we were doing, we, it was just the very start of Fortress in Seattle, and I was told to go do calibration in Seattle. And so I do things a little different than most folks. So we were doing um, a class, which ended up being very similar to high performance supervisor because I come from that world. So we're doing that on one side with the franchisees and their team. And on the other side, my team is going in and doing every visit in every store. And we go out into the stores with the franchisees and the supervisors. And in the very first store, I'm like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell the store we're here to do an OER. And we're going to give them 10 minutes to fix whatever they think is broken. And we're just going to watch and see what they do. And everybody's like, that's dumb. Why would we do that? I'm like, wait, I'm not going to tell you now, but just wait. So we go in, I explain what the deal is. The poor manager's eyes get big as saucers and he starts running around like a lunatic for 10 minutes. And I'm outside with the franchisees and I'm like, so what do you see this GM doing? And they're like, he's sweeping the floor. He's sweeping the sills. He's cleaning the windows. I'm like, cool. How much did he delegate? Nothing. Cool. How many points would this 10 minutes of activity generate for him? And they're like four. I'm like, yep. Like, and we're going to go in and we're probably going to see two or three remakes. We're going to find expired product. We're going to see team members out of image. How many points are those things going to cost them? They're like 30. I'm like, yep, 
his focus was on all of these things that had no bearing on anything at the moment. They were, they were excuse points, right? And, and if his focus was on the things that matter the most, <laughs> the product, the service, the image, he could have made a massive difference in 10 minutes. So welcome to the way I teach an OER class. I don't actually care what your score is. I want to know what the gap is. I want to know if I tell you we're going to do this, what do you still miss? Because that's the stuff you don't know. And now we've got to train it. You know, how many times have you heard somebody? And if you, you know, when you led, led the team, I'm sure you heard it a ton of times. Well, so-and-so came in and they took off for this. And that was the difference between a three and a four star. So-and-so came in and took off for this. And it was the difference between a four and a five star. And they're talking about, you know, a one point question or a two point question. And you look at the evaluation. Can we talk about the three pizzas that you didn't make correctly or, or this? No, 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 no. The folks are like, well, you know, I, I got a hundred. Like you didn't get a hundred. You got a 75. Well, that was the best we could do when they showed up. I'm like, so what have you been doing for the last month? Your service stunk. Oh, mm, yeah. I have, I have anger issues over stuff like that. No way. Just I couldn't tell. We're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I tell folks all the time and I think I'm going to throw a number out there and I'm not exactly sure it's correct, but I think it is. By the way, I was never that mad when these things came up at the moment because I was more political about it. But this is a nice venue where I can just kind of vent it out. So it's yeah, fun. there you go. You know, on today's OA, on any given day, I believe there are 87 points that are in 100% complete control of the person running the shift. And of the 13 points that you could make a very weak argument for that they're not in your control, most of the time those things are, are in pretty good shape if, you're, if you work for a decent operator. So, you know, we've got to make sure that when we're looking at why we didn't get a three or a four or a four or a five, that we're looking at the things that were completely in our control. And if you are the difference between a three or a four or a four or a five, then there were probably some things that, that you're not taking responsibility for if you're pointing fingers at someone else. But back to what we're really talking about, which was <laughs> building quality into it from the beginning. We got to do what's right for the customer if we want to score well on these evaluations that are likely not going away. So team, as you're listening to this and you're setting up your store or you're driving in between stores, train your team. Train them to do one thing really well and then let them start to branch out. Train your team. What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! And train your team on the why. If we can explain why stretching this way is important and why popping pizzas quickly is important, we can explain the why. They know why they have to do it that way and they won't cut corners. And if we don't explain the why, then you've got to stand over them every shift, every pizza, making sure it's done right. Build quality into your system. And it makes life so much easier. Well, and it's going to make you more successful. It's going to drive your top line. It's going to drive your bottom line. You're going to have more fun. You're going to sell more pizzas and have more fun. Have more fun? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I threw that one out there. Apparently, it was a bad pitch. So I was. Yeah. I was I was delayed for just a second because I normally delay for just a second. I was like, 
Gotcha. All right. So let's uh, let's wrap this up. What do we talk about? What what do folks need to do? And then let's let's land this plane. I'm going to make it an analogy then, Sam. What we've been talking about is learning to drive a car. You can worry about what's on the test and you can worry about the person next to you when you're getting your license, or you can worry about driving your car correctly. And if you drive your car correctly, stopping when you're supposed to stop, not screwing around with your phone or whatever, not getting distracted. If you follow the rules of the road, amazingly, you will pass both tests and you'll probably be accident free for a very long time. Funny how that works. Your store is no different. Worry about what the customer wants. A great product delivered fast by smiling, happy people. And if you can do those three things, everything else will fall in place. But Drew, you didn't mention clean windowsills. No, I didn't. Because smiling, happy people don't want to work where it's dirty. And Drew, you didn't mention expired product. No, I didn't. Because if you're delivering a great product, there can't be anything expired on it. Great product, delivered quickly, smiley, happy people. That's all you need to know. The question is, what are you doing today to make sure it happens? Sounds like what you want them to do is execute page one. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is, man. <laughs> it really all is, it is, isn't it? It's all Just it is. Just execute page one. All it is. Yeah, I can't wait. What? Next week, I'm back in Salt Lake doing the supervisor class. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait, man. I've been gone for like two and a half months. Things are really turning there. I can't wait. Mike's getting it done. That's amazing. Good for you. Hey, listen, you've been listening to another episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. And uh, I am Sam with Files Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. If you have not done it yet, like us, follow us, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your neighbors, send up smoke signals every time there's a new episode. Let the people know how cool this 30 minutes is. If you're listening to us on one speed, and if you're listening to us on two speed, enjoy the chipmunks. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I might, I might go back and listen to an episode or two on two speed, especially with guests. So we have guest chipmunks. Oh, guest chipmunks are amazing. If you haven't done it, it's totally worth it. I'm going to go back and listen to a Carrie episode oh, and get an Australian guest I hadn't chipmunk. thought of that, but yes, that... I do 1.2. I listen to a bunch of podcasts out uh, in New York City, and they talk so fast on 1.5, it's almost in, intel, unintelligible. So like 1.2 is my window, but 2 yeah. is a blast. If you've never done it, listen on 2. It's, it's a blast. Wow. Yeah, you know, you just kind of wonder. I, I've always wondered why they had those settings, because I have to listen to stuff at real time. If I hear somebody's voice and it's not what I know to be their voice it just throws me off okay so if you want more fun listen on point seven and everyone is drunk <laughs> wow uh, it's that it's i'm really uh happy like it is everybody's drunk it's amazing <laughs> has obviously got too much time on his hands oh my goodness gracious all right gang hey uh go out sell more pizza bueller bueller bueller
and have more fun. Bye-bye. Who's here?